to your feet. Are you ready for the word? Yes. Come on, stand to your feet. Amen. While you're standing, great turn to Luke chapter number four. And I'm going to be reading from verse number 18 to 22. The Gospel of Luke, chapter number four. And we're going to begin reading from verse number 18. When you get there, say amen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book. And he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceed out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Pray with me. Father, I thank you this morning that you have chosen, God, to use me, Lord, to preach the wonderful message of the kingdom of God this morning. Father, this is a word that is designed to set the captives free, not because of me, obviously, because of you. Father, I'm merely here to proclaim your word to your people. What you said many thousands of years ago. So God, I pray this morning that you would come and touch us, Lord. Come and light our fire today. Let us never be the same, Lord. Lord, give us attentive hearts Give us an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. Father, we want to be transformed today by the power of your word. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. Last week, we introduced a new series. And the series is entitled, Why Jesus? We came up with that title simply because there are many people around this time of year, and we just celebrated Easter, kind of asked the questions, why do you Christian people get so excited about Jesus? We talked about the fact, we began to talk about it last week, why is it that Christians sometimes can seem intolerant? Why do we truly believe that Jesus is the only way to God? And, and why don't we just accept the fact that all roads lead to heaven or lead to God? And so we began to tear down uh, those arguments last week, and we gave what I would consider a convincing argument 
about Jesus. And we went from the book of Genesis all the way through to Revelation, explaining why that Jesus is God's only provision for sin. That's it. And so every week we're asking the question, why Jesus? Last week, we understand that he is Savior. This week, we want to focus on his healing power. Jesus, our healer. I believe that many people find themselves in situations where they're struggling with uh, addictions and problems with relationships. Oftentimes they find their root in people trying to somehow fill a void. Somehow they are, uh, they, they understand that they're missing something. And you know what happens when you try to fill that void and you don't fill it with Jesus, then you begin to drift into other things. Drug abuse, alcohol abuse, immorality. All of these things are a root of a different problem. People who have pain and people who are struggling emotionally. There are many people, maybe you're sitting here today, and you're one of those who uh, are struggling from past hurts. Maybe you found yourself not being able to trust in relationships because you're harboring some things that happened to you in the past. You haven't been able to let it go. And it has affected every aspect of your being. Every aspect. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, Pastor, I feel trapped. I feel like there's no hope for me. I feel like, you know, I got this sickness and, and you know, I'm just going to just stay here forever. Emotionally, I'm always going to be suspicious. I'm always going to be untrusting. I'm always going to be held in bondage to the very thing that Jesus came to set you free from. How many know that he came to set you free? Jesus said, I did not come. He said, I came that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. That means to the full, overflowing. How many of you say that's good stuff? So it's not God's will that you be in bondage to past hurts, to pain. One of the beautiful things of knowing Christ is that when you really get to know him, he pulls you out of the garbage heap. He pulls you out of places that you thought that you could never be, that, 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 that you thought that, that I could never be delivered from. He comes and he reaches down. And, and that's why they marveled at him when he preached, when Jesus showed up, the people were captivated. They were captivated because they said, wow, this is what I've been waiting for. He's our healer. I'm going to talk about three aspects of how he heals today. My prayer this morning is that you listen, not with a judgmental ear. 
You know how sometimes you can listen to a sermon and you can say, it's for that person? Uh, I want to let you know right up front, it's for you. So you're not going to be looking at nobody else. Uh, wife, this is not for your husband. Husband, this is not for your wife. Girlfriend, boyfriend, it, it is for you. This word is for you. I wanted you, I really want you to begin to dig down deep and be honest with yourself before God. Because he loved you more than you could ever know. We're going to talk about healing in three ways. First, we're going to talk about how he healed our relationship with God that was broken. We're going to talk about how he heals us internally. We're going to talk about how he heals us physically. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 14. If you want to look at it, I think we have the verses on the screen. So let's take them one by one. He healed our relationship with God. I love this verse. For he himself is our peace. Do y'all hear that? He is our peace. How many of you want peace today? He is our peace who made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. I want you to hear that because it should never ever get old, the fact that God delivered you and he saved you from a life that was headed for destruction. So as we talked very briefly last week about the condition that we were in, Jesus, he came and he broke down the wall that divided us. We, people, were in sin against God. There was this big wall where we were separated from God. There was no way that we could get to him except through the blood of Jesus. Jesus, he came and he healed our brokenness. How many know that society is broken today? It doesn't take a genius to see that there's brokenness all around us. So Jesus, he came and, and he tore down the wall. And for those who, who receive him, he bridged the gap. And he repaired our relationship with God to the degree that the Bible says that we can now go boldly. Everybody say boldly. Before the throne of God. We don't have to come before God begging all week. We can come boldly. Because a, a relationship that was separated and was broken, Jesus made a way. He bridged the gap. He tore down the wall. And so now I'm healed. My relationship with God, I'm, I'm healed. I'm set free. Isaiah 53. Turn there real quick. Isaiah 53, verses 5 and 6. I don't have time to wait for you. I got to keep rolling. So you got to get those PDAs up and running, whatever you got to do, or read it on the screen, but we got to keep moving. Isaiah 53, verses 5 through 6 says this. But he was wounded for our transgressions. I want you to, I want you to think of this, personalize this. Jesus was wounded for us. For you, for your sin. 
for the things that we've done. He was wounded. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And watch this. By his stripes, we are healed. By his beating, we have been made right with him. Colossians 2 verses 13 through 15 says this. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. He has made alive or the King James Version says he has quickened. I love that. He has quickened us with him having forgiven you all. Everybody say all of your trespasses. Now I want that to settle down in your spirit. You mean to tell me, Pastor, you know, I, you, don't, you don't know what I, I did some pretty bad. He has forgiven you all of your trespasses and your sins. Having wiped out, watch this, the handwritings of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he taken it out of the way and nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. How do you know that, that the cross is symbolic of victory? Amen. See, every time you see the cross, and I know some people just throw it around our neck, they don't really truly understand, but how do you know that we who have been washed in his blood, we know what the cross means. It is victory. Amen. The devil said they thought they had him. But Jesus got up from the grave. He rose from the dead. And so the cross then is our victory. It is symbolic of the fact that God has wiped our slate clean. Oh, hallelujah. That never gets old with me. Having forgiven us of all of our sins. How many know God is not angry at us? Some people look at God as some kind of a cosmic Mad bully. Uh-uh. God is not. The Bible says that, that he loves you. He came after you. He died for you. He says in Micah 7.19, our sins have been cast into the sea of, forgive, of forgetfulness. Hebrews 10.17, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. No more. It's done. It's finished. I don't remember. When you receive me, when you come to Christ, Christ, he wipes your slate clean. He cancels your debt. I mean, no, we couldn't pay that debt. Only he could pay that debt. <laughs> Isaiah 43, 25 says this. I, I am he who blasts out your transgressions. For my own sake, and I will remember, I will not remember your sins. And for some of you, that's important. Because for some of us, we still walk around with guilt. Still struggle with understanding that God has forgiven you. Perhaps you're sitting here and you cannot even forgive yourself. Let me... As a man of God who proclaims, preaches, and loves this word, let me tell you, 
if God has set you free, you are free. You don't need to listen to people. When people want to try to remind you of their past, you remind them of your future. Do you hear me? You need to let it go. Look at your neighbor and say, let it go. Let it go. If God be for me, who can be against me? If God says, I'm free, I'm free. I'm free. I don't have to go back. I don't, I'm not worried. He says, I've forgiven you of all your sins. I'll wipe this like king. Well, pastor, what about those sins I might do tomorrow? I got a scripture verse for that. Hebrews 7.25 says, but he, because he continues forever. You understand in the Old Testament, I don't have a lot of time here, so I want to make this quick. In the Old Testament, when the priest used to offer up the sins for the people, you know, they were imperfect. They were not only had to offer up sins for themselves, but they offer sins for themselves. Then they had to offer sins for them for the people, and then they would die. So the priests of the Old Testament could never ever take away sin. Come on, somebody, are you hearing me? Never. But he, Hebrews seven twenty five. I love this. But he, Jesus, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. You know why his priesthood is unchangeable? Because, number one, he offered up himself without spot, without sin. None. And not only that, he ever lives. He lives forever. He never dies. In other words, he has an unchangeable priesthood. (laughs) Therefore, verse 25 in Hebrews 7, therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost Those who come to God through him, since he always, listen to me, everybody say always. Always lives to make intercession for them. You know why he can do that? Because he's perfect. You know why he can do that? Because he lives forever. And you know what? Because his priesthood never dies. And here's the picture. Picture this, every time the devil, you know the Bible says Satan is an accuser of the brethren. Y'all understand that, right? So every time Satan want to go and tell the father, hey, did you see what they did? Jesus steps right in and says, I, I took care of that. Wait, well, God, did you see that? No, 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 no. Jesus steps right in and says, no, 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 I, I, I took care of that. See, somebody who intercedes, they, they, they fight for your behalf. Jesus steps up on your behalf. How many know he got mad love for you? How I many you know you glad? Aren't you glad to know that Jesus is interceding for you? I don't know about you. I am so glad. Like, Lord, thank you. You ever blown and say, Jesus, help me? He's right there. He forever lives. Forever. That's why he's able to save forever. He's always covering you. And it makes you want to love him and serve him that much more. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we do sin, confess it, and he'll forgive us. And not only that, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, you see, when you really believe that, then you understand that you're really healed. But see, many of us, we read those verses and we don't really believe it. But when that verse, when those verses begin to, we begin to internalize them, it changes our whole outlook and how we look at things. Second point, he heals us internally. 
First point was he healed our relationship with God. Jesus, he brought us back to God. He fixed us. He cleansed us. He washed us. He made us new. He's given us hope. I'm happy. Aren't you happy? I got, I, I got Jesus. I'm good. I'm covered. I'm, I'm forever his. But then, you know, sometimes when we come, as Christians, we come with baggage. Come on, somebody. And sometimes those old ways of the world has a way of hanging on to you. But I want you to look at Luke 4.18, and I want you to ponder this verse. We read it there at the beginning. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus talking. Because he's anointed me, watch this now, to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal, everybody say heal, the brokenhearted. Jesus was sent to heal your broken hearts. To proclaim liberty. Liberty is freedom. Everybody say freedom. freedom. To the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who were oppressed. Now, now, I want you to hear this. Are you still listening? Say amen. Okay. So I understand that Jesus came his message was, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I came to heal. And why is it that sometimes we don't walk in our healing? Why is it sometimes we find ourselves? Because Jesus said, I've come to heal you. How many of you believe that God wants you healed? How many know he don't want you held captive to bad emotions? He don't want you to be Entrapped with a spirit of unforgiveness, a spirit of bitterness. How many know he wants you to be free? Now understand this. Understand this. Jesus said this in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Watch, listen. This is an important point. He says, "Now come to me." All right. Don't come to Doctor Phil. Don't come to Oprah. Don't come to your boss. Don't come to the president. Don't come to your buddy. He said, come to me. All you who labor, all right, you're tired, and you're heavy laden. You're, you're, you're oppressed and you're being depressed. He says, and I will give you rest. Now watch. He says, now, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly at heart. Now, I want you to hear this. Jesus says, if you want to be free, he says, you need to come and you need to, you need to learn from me. Uh, uh, give me for a second, young man. Come, come, come. What's your name? Guan, okay. Guan, see, when Guan gets yoked up, get yoked up with me. See, when he gets yoked up with me, you see this? He wasn't prepared. See, when you get yoked up with me, then he follows me. He's connected to me. Do you hear me? Are you hearing me? He's connected, so wherever I go, he goes. He's yoked. That's what a yoke does. A yoke connects you. So whatever I do, he do. Do you hear that? 
Wherever I go, whatever I do, he fo- you know, he's following me. And long as he's staying yoked up with me, he's going to be free. Now, if he wanted to go separate and he go in the opposite direction, then the freedom that was afforded him, he walked away from it. Jesus, stay true. Thank you very much. Give him a hand for that. That was great. Jesus said this. Jesus said this. Jesus said, he says, if you want to be free, he said, come learn from me. In other words, you do what I do. Do what I tell you to do. If you follow me, then what will happen? You will experience your freedom. So for an example, if the Bible says, hear me, if the Bible says, love your enemies and do good to them and bless them, I mean, no, that's your freedom. That's your freedom. Your freedom is in your obedience to what he said. See, when I'm yoked, I'm obeying him. And when I obey him, I'm free. But when I decide, no, I'm going to hold, I'm going to stay mad. I mean, no, there are people that love to stay mad. I don't understand you Christians that like to stay mad. But how do you know that he came to set you free? He said, you come and learn from me, and when you learn from me, you're going to be free. You're going you're to walk in your healing because you've been yoked up with me. So he says, when he says to, to love your enemies, to do good to them, when he says, forgive, how do you know that if you're sitting here today, and I want to briefly say this, but, but listen, I feel like I need to say this. One of the most difficult things that, that we face, even as Christians, I'm not, the world obviously, the world and those who are in the world, they obviously struggle with this. But you know, even as Christians, sometimes we can hold unforgiveness and bitterness to the point that, that it affects us in drastic ways. And we don't understand that when we do that, it's like we drink the poison and we wait for somebody else to die. Because we're holding on to something that God never, God says he wants you to be free. So if you're going to be internally healed, listen to me. If you're going to be internally healed in your emotions, in your spirit, you got to be free from, listen to me, you got to be free from other people's actions. You can't control people, but you can control you. And I will not be held captive by anything, anybody. I've learned that years ago, people. I am free as a bird. I, I'm not, my wife, my kid, I don't, I don't hold grudge. I, I, I am free and I intend to stay free. So I'm yoked up to him, I'm following him, I'm obeying him, and when he says that I come to heal the brokenhearted, that's your healing. And so when, when, when Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, the people that received it, man, and they marveled at it, but you know, for those who walk in it, boy, their life is so good. You know, you can walk in a place in life where no matter what somebody did to you in your past, and I know some of you got some horror stories, some of you got family members, you got mothers, you got fathers, and uh, you got cousins, and you got relatives. People have done things to you, and, 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 and if you're honest about it, I cannot, I'm still holding this thing. And, and how do you know it? Because every single time it comes up, every time there's any resemblance of it, you're enslaved, you're caged, you can't break free. And you need to get free today. 
this sermon is about getting free. But how many know we have to allow the Lord to heal us on the inside? You have to allow that. You can't be here today. Understand, healing is here. It's yours. Healing is the children's bread. But it's going to require something of you. It's going to require, it's, you're going to have to make the great exchange. You're going to have to give up all of your bad feelings, your bad emotions, your hurts. You're going to have to give them over and say, Lord, I'm getting yoked up to you and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to tell you something. Once you really taste freedom, you don't want to go back. <laughs> and I sense today, I just sense that some people in here need to be free. I, I just sense it in, my, in the spirit. And we're going to say, we're going to do it. We're going to pray this morning here in a moment. Number three, third point. First point was he healed our relationship with God. Second point, he healed us internally because we're yoked up to him. We receive his word. We let go of the past. We let it go. You let go. Put it down, please. Let it go. And then he heals us physically. Matthew 9:35 says this. Jesus went around, went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness. And every disease among the people. This is, this is our Lord. This is what he did. He went around healing people. Doing good to people. Praying. He, was, he, he would lay hands on people. He would, he, he would heal the leper. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He cured the blind man. How many know that Jesus will physically heal you as well? Now, this gets a little tricky because some of us, we like to do, we like to play the what-if game. Do you ever play the what-if game? Only thing I know to do is to tell you is to preach the word. How many of you believe God's word is true? Now, I'm going to give you a couple examples. I don't have time to turn there. I'm just going to paraphrase this. But in Mark, Matt, in Mark chapter number 5, verses 25 through 34, there's this woman who had an issue of blood. She was hemorrhaging blood for 12 long years. How many know that's a long time? This woman sees Jesus, and the scripture says, go back and read it. You don't have to take my word for it. And the scripture says this, that, that, that she said within herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garments, I'll be made well. She didn't say, well, I hope if I touch the hem of his garments, I'll be made well. She didn't, say, I, she didn't say, oh, I don't know. I'm not really sure, but I'll just see if he will heal me. Oh, there's a picture of a woman who fought through the crowd, who said one thing, I'm getting healed. How many know that you have to activate your faith? The Bible says an unstable man is, is unstable in all of his ways. 
So when you're praying for healing for God to touch your body, you have to be, ah, you have to be strong. You have to be persistent. You have to go for it. The woman who had the issue, I'd imagine that she was probably bleeding while she was running to him. I imagine that she was still wounded, but she said, I, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. And, and when she touched him, y'all know what happened? Out of all the people that was touching Jesus, Jesus stopped, he says, who touched me? When people of God really believe, I'm not talking about this stuff where we just kind of, I don't know. I'm talking about when you really come to a place that you are fully convinced. Faith gets the attention of all of heaven. Do you hear me? And when this woman came, now I'm saying something to you, because some of you got, you got some things going on in your body, you want God to heal you. I mean, so, listen, it's yours. Jesus is a healer. We know that because he raised Lazarus from the dead. Come on. He's going to get much better than that, other than the fact that he got up from the dead himself. Grave couldn't hold him. He gave it up himself. Marvelous. He gave up. He got up out of that grave. The grave couldn't hold him. But this woman said, I'm going to get my healing. And when she did, Jesus stopped her. He says, woman, woman, go in peace. Not only are your sins forgiven, but you are made whole. Because you touched me with something that, that, that a lot of people need to understand. There was one guy in the Bible who was a centurion who had a servant that got sick under death. And I think he died, matter of fact. I, I believe that's correct. And, uh, and, 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 and Jesus said, he said to the centurion, a centurion, you know, he wanted this guy, Jesus, to come to his house. And, and the centurion said, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house. All you need to do is speak the word. Just say the word, and I know it'll be done. And Jesus stopped. He said, I ain't seen this kind of faith among my own people. Y'all remember the story of the paralytic? Uh, just, just as a reference point, Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Write that down and read it. Here's a guy who's paralyzed. And Jesus and the building that they're in, the place that they're in, is, is crowded. It's filled up. And they bring this guy who is paralyzed on a bed, four of them. They're bringing him in, and they realize we can't, we can't get in because there are too many people. Can't get in. So you know what they did? They tore off the roof. <laughs> Go read it. Don't, don't take my word. They, they went up. Listen to me. Most of us were saying, we just saw that, we said, those jokers are nuts. But how many know when you are going after God, it's going to appear like you nuts. And if I go, and look, if nuts going to help me get healed, I'm nutty. And I'm going after it. So these guys, they cut a hole in the roof and they dropped him down. How many know they were desperate? You don't cut a hole in the roof unless you really believe that there's going to be something on the other end. You don't cut holes in the, you better not cut a hole in my roof unless you, <laughs> better be something supernatural. But the point is, is that Jesus is our healer. And when our faith is activated in that way, it gets the attention of heaven. It gets the attention of God. There's a scripture verse in conclusion in James chapter 5. And I'm going to ask uh, 
Tia? Chai. Chai come up and play some music softly in the background. Um, in James chapter 5, verse 14, it says, Anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed this morning. This sermon has been about the healing power of Jesus. He healed our relationship with God. He heals our emotions. He fixes us up. And he heals the sicknesses that are in our bodies. First of all, if you're listening this morning and you have not been reconciled to God, you may know church, you may hang around Christian people, you may even know the Christian language, but you're not really connected to God in your heart. And you know it. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm not really saved. I don't know what, if I die today, I don't know what will happen to me. I don't know. Then you need to know that God loves you so much that he sent this broken person, came from a broken family, a broken home, who is now standing before you healed to tell you today that you can receive your healing. You can be made right with God today. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, tomorrow is not promised. Church is not just an activity. It's just not something that we do. This is life. If you don't know him today and you want to know that if you die today that you will go to heaven, you want to know it? then please raise your hand. Don't leave this place today without knowing Jesus as your Savior. Please, I beg you, he died for you. Is there one? The saints are praying. Is there one? Don't worry about who's sitting next to you. Don't worry about what people think about you. Think about, just, just remember the, the paralytic, uh, the paralytic who was uh, put down through the roof, who was desperate. Remember the woman who had an issue. They didn't care about what people think. They needed to be healed. If that's you this morning, slip your hand up. Let's get right with God today. Let's receive the atoning help, his gift. Let's receive it today. Let's get healthy. Let's receive our health in God and be made right with him. Is there one? Is there one? Thank you, Jesus. You're a Christian. I want to make an altar call this morning for you. Maybe you find yourself in a place where you are struggling with 
forgiving someone that's really hurt you really, really bad. Maybe you find yourself struggling to be normal and have a normal relationship because of past hurts. Because ever you won't forgive, you find it very difficult. In fact, you are enslaved to this emotion. But Jesus came to set you free today. I want you to have bodacious faith. I don't even want you to think about it. But if you're struggling with an emotional issue right now and you need Jesus to touch you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. I'm going to anoint you with oil. I just want you to come. If you're sitting there today, you're sick in your body. He is the Lord our God that heals. He's Jehovah Rapha. If you're sick in your body this morning, I believe the Spirit of the Lord is here today to touch you. I want you to come to this altar. Don't be afraid. Be bold. And believe God for your healing today. Is there one? Is there one? We need God to touch you. You need healing emotionally, psychologically, physically, whatever it is. I know there's more in this room. I'll just wait. The Holy Spirit has dialed your number. Answer the phone. Just answer the phone. One more moment. One more minute. You need God to touch you today. You need to be free. He's a healer. We've already established that he's a healer. He wants to heal you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your healing power. Let it flow, Jesus. Let it flow. Let it flow.
God, I thank you for your healing power. Heal her, Lord. Heal her, Lord. Heal the pain. Heal the hurt. Heal, Father, in the name of Jesus. Touch her body, Lord God. Touch her in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for my brother. Heal him, Lord God. Heal him, Lord. Heal his mind. Heal his spirit, Lord. Father, wherever he's broken, heal him right now. You're the healer. You're the healer in the name of Jesus. Those who are at this altar, let's lift your hands. Lift your hands to the Lord. The reason we ask you to lift your hand because it's an act of surrender. And I want you to repeat after me. Congregation, you can pray along. This is a prayer of faith. I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're my healer, that you're my deliverer. I receive your healing today. Touch me, Lord. Make me whole in my emotions and in my body. Healing is my inheritance. And I receive it by faith. My faith is strong. I'm not turning back. I'm moving ahead. I'm moving forward. I'm coming out of the ditch. I'm getting free. I am free by the power of your blood, by the power of your word, by the power of your love. Thank you for my deliverance. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, church, give God a praise for that. Amen. If anybody else after the service, listen, if you need special prayer for anything, I want you to come. We want to pray for you. Uh, let's go ahead and stand to your feet. Give Jesus another praise, amen. Uh, for our guests, make sure you complete those visitor cards. Make sure you put all your information on there, including your email address. Uh, step outside to your next table, and we'll make sure we'll have a gift for you. Also, we have a uh, light refreshments over here to my left. So when you go out of the door, we want you to hang around for a little while. And uh, we want to bless you, we want to feed you, amen. We want to care for you. And, uh, and once again, uh, just give uh, our guest group a round of applause for taking their time to come and minister to us. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his throne of grace. To him be glory, dominion, and power. Until we meet again next week. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Come on, give Jesus a praise. See you next week. God bless you.